Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. I have Tom Mooney, Pastor Tom Mooney, who is our chaplain at the mission. And we had a good discussion last week. We were talking about, wait a minute, what was it? Oh, yeah, Christmas. And you know what? It's a certain time of year. It's just, it's filled with joy. It's also filled with tension, anxiety, depression, and all those things, too. But it does not need to have those other things with it. You know, we get depressed, we get angry, we get frustrated, we go out, we go shopping. We have an expectation of what Christmas should be. It never materializes the way that our our imagination has. And one of the reasons I truthfully believe that that happens is because we're putting our hopes, desires, and our feelings in the exact wrong place. Instead of You know, we're talking just about the family, just about the meal, just about the presents, just about the decorations, and leaving out the heart of what the season is supposed to be about. And that is that God, the Father, sent the Son to earth to take on flesh to pay the price that none of us could possibly pay for our sins and our transgressions, right? And so if we are focused more on Christ, then we're going to be filled with more joy this season than we could ever anticipate if our hope is in the hope of of glory. Right, Thomas? That's exactly right, Pastor. The beauty of Jesus, the generosity of the Father, the intimate care and love and the promise that he made for redemption. The beautiful picture of the kinsman redeemer. Yes, and absolutely. Then Jesus coming to redeem us. It, it, it is a glorious story. It, it, it shouts through the ages. There's no equal to it. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. And we can see that story so well illustrated with Boaz, as Boaz was the kinsman redeemer. And what that meant in Israel was that your family members, you could redeem them, right? You could be their kinsman, meaning their, their, their relative, and you could be the kinsman redeemer, and Christ is the kinsman redeemer, right? Beautiful picture, and that is the ancestry of Jesus, mm-hmm. Boaz and Ruth. Uh, and you know how I feel about that section. Yes, absolutely, and that little genealogy, there at the end of Ruth, which describes all the way down to to David, and 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 the, the son of David that Nathan uh, spoke of, that one of his descendants, one of King David's descendants, would sit on the throne forever. Forever. That's Nathan the prophet that he's speaking exactly. about. And and you know what? I've always loved the. The you know if you're reading the genealogy of Christ and then it it's it's like it stops it makes this pause and it says and Boaz <laughs> you know whose mother was a prostitute um, because if you remember the story Is that Rahab mm-hmm. if you remember the story 
that Rahab, and yes, before I get calls, I know it's spelled different, but every place I've ever been able to look, Rahab is the same Rahab. Because here's the difference. Thomas, Rahab was a prostitute when she was in the city, right? Yes. And she helped the Israelites to conquer the city, correct? By hiding the spies, correct? And then sending them safely on their way. Now here's my question. Was she the prostitute when she left there? No. She was part of Israel. When you have left your sins behind, you are no longer identified by your sins of the past either. And to me, it made perfect sense that that the reason that pause in the lineage was and Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. And that's how it says it. Why else would she be pointed out if it's a different Rahab? What, what would the point be? The, the, the beauty of it, I see, was God's intention was to save the whole world, Jews and Gentiles yes, alike. Yes, and I agree. Always his intention. And so in the lineage of David and in the lineage of our Savior are Gentile women, and God made that promise to the nations around them that he was going to save them, and God is good to his word. You know what? I want you people that are struggling out there right now, especially with your pasts, and you are saying, I am this and I am that. Just one more second, I want to go back to to Rahab. Once upon a time, she was whatever Rahab was, but later she was no longer Rahab the prostitute or Rahab the sinner. She was Rahab the redeemed of Israel. And you know what? You, young men, young women, old men, old women, you who had sins that were as scarlet as, as uh, the bloom on a rose, you, if you're in Christ, are the redeemed of Christ. You're not identified by your former sins, are you, Thomas? As a matter of fact, the Lord spoke and said, as far as the east mm. is from the west, so far have I removed them. It's an act of his will and his love exactly. to acknowledge what they are and then in his own generosity refuse to acknowledge them. Yes, and that's what it means when it, when it says, and will remember your sins no more. It's not that God is incapable of remembering the sins, but that is... Uh, it's also a term that can apply legally. At, from this point on, this debt will no longer be remembered. It will no longer be be counted against you. And so I will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west, and I will remember them no more. Hallelujah. He Not going to come up in an argument, right? He said, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live. God in his infinite love is reaching out to you right now. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what happened to you. God is reaching out 
with his love to you through his gospel, the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ, and the whole world pauses at this time of year to recognize what God did. Amen. And it it gives us the opportunity also at this time of year, if you have a husband, a wife, a parent, a friend, or somebody that you have had aught with, and you have come and and there they have come and they have asked for your forgiveness or you have asked for theirs and and you say okay I, I, it's forgiven it's off the table to ever bring that up again because you need to do that same thing that i will remember this no more it's not fair to bring it up in an argument what you did before if it's been forgiven from by you then it needs to be forgiven and forgotten Amen. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And what's the admonition to those who will not forgive their brothers? They will not be forgiven. You you know, when, when Christ redeems you and gives you a new heart, a beating heart, takes that heart of stone away from you, when he places in you that functional pounding, beating heart that the Holy Spirit living inside of you, if there is no change in you, if if you are still hard and unkind, then my question is, did he ever place that beating heart in you? You know? There are marks. There are indelible stamps that the Spirit of God is living in us. And the key to that is love love towards God, and love for the brethren. You have to be very careful not to make a new religion. Oh, yeah. But to rest in the faith that God gave you, that the religious part ended at the moment Jesus died. And now pure religion before God and the Father is to visit the widows and the orphans in their need and keep oneself unspotted from the world. And if you're looking for a place to participate in that, come down to the Union Gospel Mission where we have clean clothes for, for the needy, showers, we have meals every evening, a gospel uh, presentation every day of the year. Amen. Come and be a part and see the love of God in action. We have totally, we are in the process and nearing the very end of the first third, which really is is more than a third because it's where all the complications were in reconstruction. New timbers where new timbers needed to be, new wiring throughout the building, new plumbing throughout the building, Floors showered, jackhammered up, and a new, better floor put in. And uh, We really didn't know it, but we had a building that was being held up by prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once no. we began to take it apart, <laughs> we were appalled. Oh, oh, he, and, you know, you might think that's hyperbole. It is not hyperbole. One wall, the guy said, oh, my gosh, I'm surprised this wall didn't fall down. There was dry rot all in it. So we have a new roof over the whole building. We have new equipment in there. We have uh, we have rebuilt the showers. But what I wanted to tell you was that 
during the time that we were we could not operate the showers we got showers portable showers that are propane driven and we still allowed them to come in and take showers we've even got two showers that we're trying to get up and running that uh, will be for the women for the first time and so our women's clothes closet is buzzing along and open we've got our nightly services open and very shortly we are going to be able to open our dorms upstairs we have our dorm for the 24 men on our drug and alcohol program. Those are open. It's going to be 28, actually, by, with the new beds up there. Uh, we don't have that many men right now, but still, that's our capacity. And then 60 beds on the other side. And what we're going to probably have to do is do 30 beds to start with so that we can social distance. But we are we are on our way to fully opening and and when you guys see the transformation of that building, and this is to the glory of God, this isn't to the vanity of man, this is to the glory of God, and it tells the homeless people and it tells the program guys that they are as much worth as the rest of that campus is, and that we put our time and our effort and God's money in giving them something safe and decent to, to be in, and uh, probably not everybody will appreciate it, but I think there's a, uh, a big number of them that will. A creation that was made in the image of God is worthy of respect. What creation, though? I mean, just rich people, cool people, handsome people? All people. So even, even though you may be thinking you're uh, homely, and you might be in the the eyes of the world. You are still created in God's image, right? Absolutely, and bear His His image. You bear it. You, it's there. Uh, what makes people run into burning buildings and rescue people? Dive into swift waters. They don't even think about it. They are made in the image of their Creator. Amen. I I, I love the story. And I cannot remember the state that he was. It might have been Kentucky, but he was the governor of Kentucky. And when he was young, he had no father. And he bore the shame that people put on a child that has no responsibility for it. And he would slip into church after it started and slip out of church at the very end because he didn't want to be embarrassed by people saying, oh, he, he doesn't have a father. And you know the worst words people use. And the new preacher came, and the new preacher was preaching up a storm, and he got so into it, he forgot to get out before the service was over. And he was trapped. And he said the, the preacher came down, and he really respected him, but the preacher looked at him and said, whose boy are you? And he said, his whole body just flushed with the embarrassment. Not this preacher, too. He's not going to do this to me, too, is he? And he's, and then the preacher looked at him and said, I know who you are. He said, you bear a family resemblance. You're a child of God, aren't you? That was a beautiful statement to make. The governor who had, lived in poverty but grew up to be the governor never forgot that moment. And so... Yes, if you're in Christ Jesus, guess what? You bear the image of the Redeemer. 
But even those that are lost bear the image of the God who created them. Is that not right, Thomas? Absolutely, and are worthy of respect and have in themselves, in their person, they have dignity. There, yes, and sometimes they give that dignity away. Sometimes they behave more like uh, they will take on the characteristics of an animal instead of a, a, a person made in God's image. And uh, so, but they don't have to do that. Um, so, you know what, uh, Thomas, when you look around, I was asked this question, and I know that the answer seems strange to some people, I guess, but who would I want to have go to hell? We've had a lot of despots in the, in the world since the fall. And I got to tell you, my answer has always been the same. There's nobody that I wanted to cast into hell. Oh, absolutely. The scripture says that he is not willing that any should perish. The, the fact of someone having to endure the, uh, the punishment of God is a, a humbling and, and awesome thought. Uh, it makes us want to preach the gospel more, That's get out right. the word more, make more contacts for the Lord, and, and more than anything else, show the world what the love of God looks like. To the hungry, you can come to the mission and get a good hot meal. Right. And when I say good hot meal, I mean we're not a, a soup kitchen. No, we no are, we're not. We are serving good food. We have beautiful, clean clothes. Uh, uh, people <laughs> buy new designer clothes one year, and then they donate those beautiful designer clothes the next year. And and uh, uh, you come to a place where we believe you have value, you have worth, and and we listen. And that's the the, the one thing that, that people want is to be heard. And at the Union Gospel Mission, we take the time to listen. And to pray with people. Uh, you know, our guys will often get our prayer, our prayers. They get them every day, but I mean individually. Uh, arm around the shoulder, a moment of prayer. Somebody's going out to get a job or... Somebody's struggling on the program, Pastor, can you pray with me? Or sometimes it's, Pastor, I'm struggling here. And we just say, hey, well, let's pray right now. Uh, because I have it on good authority that prayer is pretty efficacious, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> make your requests known with thanksgiving, and the God will give you a peace that passes understanding. You know, we do food boxes. You were talking about we're going to give out, you know, I don't know how many, 80, 100 food boxes for uh, Christmas. I don't know how many we'll actually get, but we're prepared for that. And that's that's turkeys with all the fixings and everything so that families uh, can sit down and have a traditional meal just like we all look forward to, right? And so... We get excited about it. Don't you get excited about what we're doing? I absolutely do. I love those 
those three services are my favorite services of the year because they come in and our our guests that come in for the food boxes some of them have been coming down there for food boxes for 20 years oh i know and they know us and they know what to expect they're ready to sing they're excited uh and then one of the things that you allow me to do which i so appreciate is i go and i buy three 30 pounds of candy <laughs> and we bag it up because what is a, a, a what, what's a christmas without a, a little bag of candy so the children come and and our men pass out the candy bags and we always have enough for the adults too and so everybody's uh, walking out with wrapped candy bags and and there is just such a joy of doing the work of the gospel of spreading the love of Jesus the gospel in action is the most attractive thing I know on earth you know what that certainly is one of the big points of the season I had a Norwegian grandmother <laughs> and she made all kinds of pastries and we had, do you remember the ribbon candy they had? Yes, absolutely. And it was always on the table, but it was always a part of that. And so, you know, along with the fact that we want them to know absolutely the hope of Jesus Christ, but we also want to give them, we, we want to give them some joy of their childhood absolutely. too, right? Absolutely. Uh, man, I can tell you, the pies cooking and my grandmother making bread and cinnamon rolls, that might be why I'm diabetic now. You think so? <laughs> my, my, could be. My grandmother would make a fruit cake, and uh, and you still love fruit cake. And I still am one of those two people in 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 California who oh like, no, there's more who like fruit cakes. But um, we were raised poor. Mm -hmm. um, we sometimes at the table had more hungry than we did food, mm -hmm. and uh, and so this gift box would come from my grandmother, and she'd knit us. Uh, Slippers and hats. That's and very mut cool. M and mittens. Mittens, not muttons. Yeah, that's right. Mittens. <laughs> and but there was always homemade candy and a fruit cake, oh, and yeah. and it was the highlight of my uh, of my holiday when I was a child. Well, all I can say to you, Thomas, is uh, I wish I was capable of making them so I could show them to you. But for any of you Norwegian people out there. One of my favorite things was my grandmother would make the big old bowl of yordabakles. And I, it's hard to even describe them, but uh, they, they're twisted up like a little pretzel, but they're a cookie, and they're kind of hard, but, but that's good. That's how you want them. Now, on the other side, for those of you that are Norwegian, uh, she made lutefisk too, and, and that's not so great. <laughs> but you know what is great? No matter how bad uh, sin is in your life, there's one answer, and we celebrate his birth in just a few weeks, right, Thomas? Yes. We're down to just a half a minute or so. Anything in parting you'd like to say to these gentle people? Lift up your hearts and mm. rejoice. Wise men still seek him. Amen. Joyful, joyful. I, I, I love this time of year. I always have. I love the Resurrection Sunday that we come to as well. And I like Thanksgiving and everything, but nothing's quite like the celebration of those two 
we call holidays and we really should call holy days is that the birth of Christ and the resurrection. So as always, my dearest friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.